Good morning. Welcome to St. Paul's and a special welcome to our visitors who are worshiping with us today. This time of year is a time when in many congregations and schools, uh, called workers are taking up new positions, new roles. And so it's very fitting for us to consider as well as we kind of start getting geared up and thinking about another school year coming, what does God tell us about preachers, teachers, called workers? How can we support them and encourage them in their work among us? We'll hear more about that in our uh, service today. And as we follow the order of service in our bulletin or projected on the wall, let's begin with our first hymn, hymn 545. grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you. We have come into the presence of God who created us to love and serve him as his dear children, but we have disobeyed him and deserve only his wrath and punishment. Therefore, let us confess our sins to him and plead for his mercy. Merciful Father in heaven, I am altogether sinful from birth. In countless ways I have sinned against you and do not deserve to be called your child. 
but trusting in Jesus, my Savior, I pray. Have mercy on me according to your unfailing love. Cleanse me from my sin and take away my guilt. God, our Heavenly Father, has forgiven all your sins. By the perfect life and innocent death of our Lord Jesus Christ, he has removed your guilt forever. You are his own dear child. May God give you strength to live according to his will. In the peace of forgiveness, let us praise the Lord. Almighty God, we thank you for planting in us the seed of your word. By your Holy Spirit, help us to receive it with joy and to bring forth fruits in faith and hope and love. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Please be seated for the scripture lessons. Our first lesson today taken from Amos chapter 7. Who do you think you are? What you're talking about, that doesn't fit the values we have in these parts, in this country. That's what Amos was hearing from the people around him. But he reminded them that the Lord himself had sent Amos from Jerusalem or from the southern kingdom to preach to the northern kingdom. He was sent to give them the message that they needed to hear. The same is true as the Lord still sends preachers and messengers to his people. Then Amaziah, the priest of Bethel, sent a message to Jeroboam, king of Israel. Amos is raising a conspiracy against you in the very heart of Israel. The land cannot bear all his words. For this is what Amos is saying. Jeroboam will die by the sword, and Israel will surely go into exile, away from their native land. Then Amaziah said to Amos, Get out, you seer. Go back to the land of Judah. Earn your bread there and do your prophesying there. Don't prophesy anymore at Bethel, because this is the king's sanctuary and the temple of the kingdom. Amos answered Amaziah, I was neither a prophet nor the son of a prophet, but I was a shepherd, and I also took care of sycamore fig trees. But the Lord took me from tending the flock and said to me, Go, prophesy to my people Israel. Now then, hear the word of the Lord. You say, do not prophesy against Israel and stop preaching against the descendants of Isaac. Therefore, this is what the Lord says. Your wife will become a prostitute in the city and your sons and daughters will fall by the sword. Your land will be measured and divided up and you yourself will die in a pagan country. And Israel will surely go into exile away from their native land. This is the word of the Lord. Our psalm for today, Psalm 78, reminds us that this is all our work. 
proclaiming the Lord's word, and he involves us in sharing that with our children, too. We sing the psalm together. second lesson today taken from 1 Timothy chapter 3. What does God ask our pastors and teachers, our called workers to be, to be like? These are the qualifications that God sets forth for called workers. Here is a trustworthy saying, whoever aspires to be an overseer desires a noble task. Now the overseer is to be above reproach, faithful to his wife, temperate, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not given to drunkenness, not violent but gentle, not quarrelsome, not a lover of money. He must manage his own family well and see that his children obey him, and he must do so in a manner worthy of full respect. If anyone does not know how to manage his own family, how can he take care of God's church? He must not be a recent convert, or he may become conceited and fall under the same judgment as the devil. He must also have a good reputation with outsiders, so that he will not fall into disgrace and into the devil's trap. This is the word of our God.
stand in honor of the gospel. The gospel today from Mark chapter 6 will serve as the basis for our sermon. Calling the twelve to him, he began to send them out two by two and gave them authority over impure spirits. These were his instructions. Take nothing for the journey except a staff. No bread, no bag, no money in your belts. Wear sandals, but not an extra shirt. Whenever you enter a house, stay there until you leave that town. And if any place will not welcome you or listen to you, leave that place and shake the dust off your feet as a testimony against them. They went out and preached that people should repent. They drove out many demons and anointed many sick people with oil and healed them. This is the gospel of the Lord. be seated for our next hymn, 546.
name of Jesus, our Savior, dear fellow believers in him. Adhere to the highest standard of conduct. Specifically, honesty and integrity. Be willing to work anywhere around the world. Anywhere, whether on a short-term basis or on a permanent basis. Be willing to put in no less than 50 hours a week, likely much more. Be willing to give up your weekends and holidays. And be on call 24-7. Maintain a high level of fitness at all times and carry a firearm with you. And be willing to use deadly force if the circumstances demand it. If you want to apply for being a special agent with the FBI, those are some of the high standards they look for in their employees. Or how about these? Be professional, willing to greet people and talk to people. Be computer shrewd and savvy. Be willing to prep orders and execute them. And maintain a clean work environment. Even McDonald's has a high standard of qualifications when it comes to its work. I think those are high standards. You got to be faithful. You got to be on time. You got to work till the end of your shift. You know, no matter what the world thinks, whether a certain job is important or not so important, regardless of what people think, the job itself is a reflection of the employer. It's a reflection of the company. It reflects the business, a professionalism, a care, and especially with the work that's done, whether, again, it's perceived as important or not so important, it impacts people. It has a direct impact. Each of those jobs I mentioned, and so many more, has a direct impact on the welfare and well-being of people. Oh, Jesus got that. Jesus especially understood that about what he was doing with the twelve. God has high standards for his workers, for his servants. And why shouldn't he? They're a direct reflection on his business, on his company, on his name, on the truth of his word, and on the love that he has in his heart for sinners. What people say in the name of the Lord, and you know people today say just about anything, what people say in the name of the Lord has a direct impact on the welfare and well-being of people, both in the here and now and in the hereafter. This is eternal business we're talking about. And it doesn't matter what people perceive this job to be, whether a pastor, teacher, or staff minister... I know I've run into some people who think this is less than flipping burgers, and I don't mean to cheapen working at McDonald's. That is not a bad job at all. The Apostle Paul sets the record straight when it comes to this job. He said it in 1 Timothy 3. Whoever aspires to be an overseer, and that term refers likely best to pastor today, but we can put in teacher, staff minister, Whoever aspires to be an overseer desires a noble task. 
That's just the desire. To, to have this desire, it's a beautiful thing. It's a wonderful work. It's a great thing to foster this in ourselves, even if we can't do that job down the road. E even more, it's a tremendous thing to shape this desire and attitude in our children. To let them want to do this even if they can't do it down the road or choose to do something else down the road. This is a tremendous thing to serve the Lord and to want to serve the Lord in this way. The disciples heard that from Jesus and they took that to heart when he said the stipulations and the high standards he had for what they were about to go do in his name. He said this to them. Take nothing for the journey except a staff. No bread, no bag, no money in your belts. Wear sandals, but not an extra shirt. Whenever you enter a house, stay there until you leave that town. So most of you know that my family and I just went on a vacation, just got back this past week. And before we went, you know what I did? I had the van inspected. Made sure that it could put on so many miles and that it was going to do the trip for us, and it did great. And then we packed that thing to the hilt. Uh, there was luggage in there. Uh, there were clothes. And you know what happens when you're planning for a vacation where you don't know what kind of circumstances you're going to run into, rain or not. Do you need rain gear for boats and this and that? So you pack clothes. And when you're unpacking it, you realize, I never even used half of what's in this bag. And so you multiply that by all these people, and you pack this van full of stuff, and then you pack it full of food because you don't know how many snacks you're going to need along the way and who's going to get hungry or not. <clears throat> and then you pack board games, and you pack card games, and you pack other supplies. Somebody along the way gave us a tick remover. I'm thinking, when are we going to use this? And we ended up using it on the last day. The disciples were able to do none of that. No luggage. No extra clothes. You know that extra tunic or shirt that he's talking about? They would use like a blanket at night just to keep warm when they were sleeping. No extra blanket. If you're a kid, no blankie. No games, no nothing, no extra supplies. You get to take no duffel bag for food, no water bottles. You don't get to go to your bank and pull out a couple extra $100 bills or maybe more for the what if and just in case the credit cards don't work or something happens. No, nothing. The only thing you get to take, staff in hand, sandals on your feet, and a second person to go with you. That's it. Well, Why? Why would he be so strict on those standards and the high stipulations that he has on them? It's so that they act in faith. It's so that they act like the disciples. He's been shaping them. He's been having devotion after devotion with them, sermon after sermon with them. They've been listening to this, and now it's an opportunity for them to demonstrate the faith that's been fostering and growing inside of them as they've been listening to the word. Finally, an opportunity for them to put their faith into action that they trust the Lord. It's one of the first big things for somebody who brings the word of God to others. They need to trust this themselves. What good is it to bring a message to somebody else you don't believe in, a message you don't believe in? And so the disciples got to demonstrate that trust. God would provide for them. 
God would provide everything for them. He would take care of them in ministry. The very prayer we pray in the Lord's Prayer, give us this day our daily bread. They didn't know where their next meal would come from. They didn't know where they might stay that night. God himself would provide. And by this demonstrating and putting their faith into practice, they were proving the validity of the word they were preaching. As we proclaim to you as God's workers, trust the Lord. He'll take care of you. He'll provide for you. Not just salvation, but all of your needs. They become living examples of the very message they proclaim. God would provide people who would open their doors to this message. They would open their hearts. They would set before them warm meals or meals in general. They would take care of their safety and security by locking the door at night. They might even provide laundry to take care of their clothes and an extra tunic or a blanket for them to keep warm at night. God would take care of all of their needs through these people and provide for them. They could trust the Lord with everything. That's the word. And as they took that message to heart and went off on this mission trip, you know what happens? By not having to worry about any of the peripherals, they just got to preach the message. It says, they went out and preached that people should repent. You know, it takes, it takes a lot of faith. It takes a lot of faith to hold to the word of God and to preach a message like that. Unfortunately, I've known pastors who have taken money out of the till, out of the offering plate. I've known pastors who have abandoned their wife and their kids, and they've run off with the church secretary. I have known of a teacher who got so hot-headed with politics and I understand everybody today gives you a little leeway for your own personal opinion. I, I hope we do that for one another. We all have those opinions. But this person pressed their political opinion and pushed it out on social media so much that it became offensive to the people they worked with and even stymied the ministry in the area where they were working. And now all three of those circumstances have something in common. They no longer serve the Lord in the public ministry. What a shame! How ridiculous is that to make it about you and not about the high standards of God, that this is his, a reflection of his business and his kingdom in his heart. I think that's why Jesus sent them out two by two. It wasn't just for encouragement, though it certainly would be. It wasn't just to have somebody to walk with along the road, though that would be nice to go with somebody. I think... It was also to hold each other accountable. Make sure you stay deeply rooted in these truths of the word that the Lord Jesus has shared with us and you don't cave into worldly things or get bent out of shape. Hold to these teachings. Act in faith. And as you do, then preach a message. God providing for all of these things, taking care of their needs, holding them accountable to the word. 
They just got to focus on the message. And look at what they said to the people. Repent. That's the job. Law and gospel. That's the job. To look people in the eye in the sermon and before and after the service and to lay this message on their hearts. Repent. That's a tough message. Do you understand what God is saying with that? Is that the high standard he has is not just a holy standard on his workers, but it's a holy standard for all people, and he holds you accountable to it. And me. And it is the job of the pastor or teacher or worker of the Lord who represents his holiness to look you in the eye and to tell you, you haven't done it. You haven't held the standard. You have strayed and gone into sin, whether in specific or in general. And can you see which way the wind is blowing here? With a tough message of repent. My, my dad has a little tractor. He's whittling down. He actually had a couple of them, but he has one of those old school uh, manure spreaders. You know, it's got the chains that pull the manure back towards the back, and then it has those fins or flippers on the back of the manure spreader that sends the manure flying. And so you can watch and see this happen from the house. You know, around here, the ones that are around me, they're the enclosed ones. So you can't really see the action happening on the inside. But he has one of those open back manure spreaders. And when you're watching that in the field, when he goes into the wind, the wind blows that manure that flies high up in the air and sends it 10, 20, 30 yards back into the field. It can really go a ways. But you, you turn that tractor the wrong direction and the wind is blowing the other way, you can see manure raining down on the head of the tractor driver. Not a pretty sight, not a pretty experience. Do you understand with the message of repent, the way the wind is blowing? The Holy Spirit is breathing through the word of God and sending his breath through the word into you, telling you, you're driving your life the wrong direction. You've got to turn this rig around. Your sin right now is falling on your head and you're accountable for it. That's not the way you want to lead this life. That's not the way you want to meet God. That's <laughs> a terrible sight and smell. And so God leads us to repent, which is a word for turn. Don't just look at sin and say, I don't like it. Don't just look at sin and say, I'll, I'm going to stop. Don't just look at sin and say, ah, I feel bad I got caught. It's turn this thing around and see just how disgusting this is. I want nothing to do with that. I don't ever want that scenario to happen to me again. And you turn and instead of looking at sin, you look at Jesus. And look at the way the word of God blows and the way the breath of God speaks to you where he sends all of your sin and blows it for Jesus' sake to a field called Golgotha where he had all of yours and mine 
rain down on the head of his holy son. What an incredible sight that Jesus would willingly take that place for sinners. That Jesus would assume that sin on his shoulders. And by turning to him, he looks you in the eye and in the heart and by the word of God says, your sin is forgiven in full, in totality. The holiness that Jesus earned and lived in the sight of God meets the high standard God demands. And that's what he gives to you by grace. Through faith in Jesus, you're clean. Through faith in Jesus, you are forgiven. Through faith in Jesus, you, you have a high calling by this gospel to God's heavenly home. I, I know this is an incredible message. It's a miracle message and the message belongs to God. I'm only a messenger and I need this message the same as all people do. Sadly, some don't believe it. Some get hostile against it. Some reject it. Some don't want to hear the law. Some don't want to hear that they're sinners. Some don't want to be exposed. Some want to sit in the manure. And some just don't want to hear the gospel. Jesus tells us what to do in those circumstances. And if any place will not welcome you or listen to you, leave that place and shake the dust off your feet as a testimony against them. Walk away. There's a phrase somewhere around here that says, keep her moving. The ministry cannot get bogged down and caught up as if we pine away for the ones we can't get so that it stymies it from going forward. If there is a place that rejects the word, that rejects the message, that will not support the workers, will not provide for them, will not give them money to help them in their daily expenses, provide a tunic and clothes for them to take care of their daily and physical needs. If they reject the word, reject the workers, and reject the Lord, you know what that worker's supposed to do? Move on. And that's not just saying physically. Move your body physically to another location. It's really a spiritual and a psychological thing. It's saying, don't lose sleep over this. Be at peace with this. Their sin is on their head. You, worker, are no longer accountable for it. Move on to the next door, to the next town, to the next person. Keep the ministry thriving. God will hold them accountable. You just keep driving the ministry forward and bring it to new people for whom the Holy Spirit will thrive and strive to work. That's a high standard. God holds his workers to a high standard to act in faith in line with what God teaches, the deep truths. He leads them to speak the message, hard as it is for people to repent, including themselves, to recognize the law and to trust the gospel. And he leads them to set their mind to keep pushing this ministry forward and to stay true to the mission. The word needs to get out there. Where God sends you workers like that, listen to them and support them. Well, listen not to their opinions. Trust the message they bring. It's God's word. Support them in their ministry. But do more than that. Hold them accountable to these high standards. And partner together 
so that together we keep going forward, knocking on doors, driving the mission and ministry forward to bring this truth to more people so they see God's heart and God willing receive his heavenly home. Amen. Please stand. May the peace of God which surpasses our understanding guard and keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen. We join together in the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. This time the offerings will be brought forward. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, we praise you for sending messengers to proclaim your word. Help us to listen to your word eagerly, support your messengers diligently, and be involved in sharing our hope with those around us to the glory of your holy name. Lord, we thank you for giving Linda Haman another year of life as she celebrates her 74th birthday today. Praise and glory to you is given for bringing her through her medical problems and for a no-cancer diagnosis recently. In Jesus' name we join to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Please be seated for our next hymn, 567.
Please stand for prayer. Almighty God, we thank you for teaching us the things you want us to believe and do. Help us by your Holy Spirit to keep your word in pure hearts, that we may be strengthened in faith, guided in holiness, and comforted in life and in death. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Brothers and sisters, go in peace. Live in harmony with one another. Serve the Lord with gladness. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you peace. Please be seated for the closing hymn.
Thank you so much for joining us in worship this morning. A couple announcements to highlight. Uh, this morning during Family Bible Hour, we're going to be having another open forum as we're getting more and more excited about moving forward our project um, with the early childhood wing and everything. So there will be childcare provided if we've got any parents with smaller children. Uh, that'll be on the other end of the building. The Sheenaman girls have graciously uh, um, been willing to help out with the childcare this morning. So with that, there's also the Wells Connection for this month, July. 